Homily for the fourth Sunday of Easter, May 12, 2019, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. As it stands, this statement from Jesus is easy to understand. What you may not know is that our Lord is referring to an example from daily life at that time. When we are aware of that example, what he has to say contains much more meaning. Nowadays, if there were a number of sheep farms in Grand Forks County, we would expect that each one would occupy its own location, complete with pastures, buildings, etc. The only intermingling of the livestock would occur if someone left a gate open or if a fence was torn. Back in ancient Palestine, the industry did not work that way at all. Each shepherd and his small herd of sheep would roam the hillsides and graze by day, and in the evening the shepherds would bring their animals into a common enclosure. During the night, the shepherds would take turns keeping vigil, to protect their sheep from bandits or predators. The next morning, something fascinating unfolds. Each shepherd, one at a time, would walk into the enclosure, begin calling out to the sheep, and start walking toward the entrance. Those sheep who belonged to him would know his voice, and on hearing him speak, would follow him out to where they would eventually spend the day. Identifying the sheep visually would be rather impossible, since they had no ear tags or other individual markings. But putting the sheep all together at night did not make for a disaster because of the way the shepherds sorted them out. We Catholics will often refer to the fourth Sunday of Easter as Good Shepherd Sunday because we always hear a reading from the 10th chapter of John's Gospel and this description of the Messiah as a Good Shepherd. What do we learn from this metaphor? For one thing, it is not meant to demean us by using the comparison of sheep. We need not get bent out of shape in a fit of indignant pride, as though the very topic were an insult. The sheep are attentive and place themselves in the shepherd's care. Those aren't such bad traits, are they? We also think today of vocations to the priesthood. Jesus keeps calling young men to follow him confidently in a life of holiness and service. He plainly told us to ask the master of the harvest to provide laborers for the harvest. Our duty is to untiringly pray for those being called and to assist them with our support. There are no priestly ordinations scheduled in our diocese for this summer. We have one transitional deacon and two other men to be ordained deacons on the 1st of June. God willing, Bishop Fulda will ordain all three of them as priests next year. Our neighbors in the Diocese of Crookston have one priestly ordination on the schedule next month, but no pending ordinations until 2022. In both places, we're being stretched pretty thin. It may be more noticeable here in North Dakota, considering that up until recently, we were still relatively in pretty good shape. It has been said that every parish ought to see as its duty the providing of a candidate for the priesthood in our diocese. Similarly, we as priests are called to provide at least one candidate, if not more, from among the families we serve throughout our active ministry. Let's roll up our sleeves, collectively, 
and take that challenge to heart. Incidentally, this is also the weekend during which those priests who are moving this summer in the Diocese of Fargo are notifying their congregations, and those details will be released to the wider church in the days to come. Bishop wants the people to hear this news directly from their pastors first, rather than for it to float around in the gossip mill. I invite you to join me in praying for these communities as they adjust to those upcoming changes. Lastly, there's an example of the love of the Good Shepherd that has continued to run through my mind these last couple of weeks. It comes from the tragic attacks carried out in the island nation of Sri Lanka back on Easter Sunday. The victims hailed both from that country and 16 other countries, and included 45 children. Among them was a group of kids making their first Holy Communion that morning. A Catholic journalist from India wrote a tribute expressing his grief at pondering so many children in line to receive Holy Communion, becoming an offertory procession in which their own bodies and blood would be commingled with the Eucharistic sacrifice. I want to share a part of his reflection with you. Quote, They went with the steps of a soldier to receive him, the Supreme Commander, who had only one command, Love your neighbor as yourself, and nothing more. And the first communion they received turned into the Last Supper, while the risen Jesus welcomed them into his outstretched arms. Little ones, as you lie in white with closed eyes and folded hands holding a rosary, remember your closed eyes are the most open in a world that has closed its eyes to those who have been inked in agreement with Lucifer against him who said, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Rest assured, you have flooded the eyes of millions. End of quote. How many of us envision coming forward for communion as though it were the first, last, or only time in our lives? Do we allow ourselves to presume that the privilege we have at every Mass of encountering the real presence of the Good Shepherd is something routine? and uneventful. Here at St. Mary's, we are only a week away from our own celebration of Confirmation and First Holy Communion for our third graders and those from St. Timothy's Parish in Manville. When we come to that celebration, it will have even more meaning to me as I think about what happened last month in Sri Lanka. It will cause me to pray not only for our dear children, but also for the parents whose last moments with their sons and daughters were gathered around the altar that Easter Sunday. May our hunger and thirst for Christ the Good Shepherd always increase. Amen.